This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Fox creeping forward. He pulls up. 18-footer. Aaron Fox puts the Kings on top. Takes one, stakes twice. Gives the belly. 35-foot three for the win. Nemanja Bialica. Yes, we deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. For 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? Um, you know, yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. I don't know why I always try to tie my feelings to the basketball team. That you know, maybe that's the bridge from us to anyone listening. We all have that in common, but no, it doesn't matter. The Kings haven't honestly haven't affected my mood many times in my life, uh, other than a few big disappointments and a few big uh, surprises, exciting moments, you know, but I, the Kings have been terrible, and you know, for quite some time now, and um, yeah, that doesn't get to me anymore. I'm doing good. Yeah, it's probably smart to emotionally uh, disconnect yourself from the Kings. Um, yeah, I mean, just extreme up and downs, as kind of expected at this point with this team, uh yeah, I mean, we haven't talked I'm sorry, about... I'm sorry, what ups? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I guess enough to give the fan base a little bit of hope and then just completely destroy that. Because I you're right. I don't it's agree. I, not much <laughs> like, No, I genuinely don't know what, what positives... Is. Have you seen anything positive for five games? From the bubble, no. 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 Yeah, okay. So no. five months, nothing good. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty terrible. And, like, I mean, the one win is that Pelicans game, and the Pelicans just played horrible in that game. I mean, for them to have 17 turnovers um, and Sacramento didn't play great themselves either. They gave up 125 points. They were just lucky enough to outscore um, a team that was playing pretty poorly. And, yeah, I mean, these other ones, like, I, I mean, yeah, like, why – like, Buddy and Bogey can never play great at the same time. Also, they don't play very minutes together, which, why? Why? Like, there was, Bogey had back-to-back great games, the Nets and the Pelicans. So many times, it's catch-and-shoot situations, he's knocking it down. Why can't Buddy Heald do that? 
Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really seeing Bogey being used that much off catch and shoot. Like, he definitely does. So, the Kings offense is – how would how would you describe the Kings offense? Like, uh, if we're trying to, like, actually give it a descriptor because yeah, I, I mean, don't know that anyone – I don't know that they know what they're doing. No, yeah. I, like, recently it seems like, okay, whoever's initiating is going to attempt a pick and roll. Um, and if that doesn't work, they swing it to the other side of the court and just try another pick and roll. Like, it's it's a lot of – even then, sometimes it's just complete ISO, but it seems like either a two-man game or even some ISO going on, and if that doesn't work, they just swing it to the next guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's uh, I mean, that's what I see. It's You space out, and then you either ISO for, like, some mid-range – BS, or you uh, you try to get to the basket on a pick and roll, uh, or you just like completely by yourself. It's just it's really a drive and kick offense, and it's like really not going good. Um, it seems confusing, and like they don't seem to be taking advantage of, of transition either. It's like it's it's sometimes it's Buddy Heel, but usually it'll be uh, you know more more often it's Bogdan. Or Corey, Corey Joseph, and most often it's Darren Fox. But really, it's just just walk the ball up the floor, um, every you know, space out, and uh, and then we'll do one pick, maybe a second pick, and maybe no picks at all. I'll just try to drive into the teeth of the teeth of the defense and kick it out. So like on those, so getting back to your question about Bogdanovich, on, in those situations when he's the guy that it's kicked to, yeah, it's catch and shoot, but. For the most part, like it, there, it's not like he's running off screens. It's not like he's, um, it, it's not like he's using uh, this. This offense has so few actions in it. It's like incredibly stagnant. Yeah, I, I don't think he's doing it a bunch or anything. I guess my frustration is that I feel like he's doing it more than Buddy, and Buddy is just that's fully what Buddy should be doing. Um, a little bit of creation, you know, attacking a closeout or whatever. Um. But, yeah, to get to, like, your fast break points, um, four fast break points for the Kings in the game against the Pelicans, even though they won that one, um, only four fast break points against the Nets. And, I mean, a lot of that probably could be pointed to the defense. Like, the defense has been terrible out there. Um, A lot of it, I feel like, is the front court. I mean, they haven't had great rim protection all year. Holmes, uh, I, I don't know, I would say he still looks a little bit rusty at times. Um, but really, I mean, after Holmes, like you're moving to Giles or Bielita at the five. Giles seems to have sort of like fallen out of favor sometimes here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason you're not able to get any transition baskets is because your defense has just been horrendous. Yeah, man. Um, I don't think that this team knows what it's doing on defense, even like even less so than offense. At least on offense, they know, okay, we're going to play a really boring, ineffective uh slow uh <laughs> slow iso pick and roll high pick and roll uh no action spaced out looks we're just going to do that over and over and over again on defense i don't think they have any idea what they're doing no and yeah i, I mean it doesn't look like uh they don't have great individual defenders in the first place and for some of these guys but yeah, I mean, there's not, like, a game plan to it. Um, I mean, in the Nets game, you see these injured-as-ever Brooklyn Nets that were just put together, um, just continuously attacking Nemanja Bielica. He's a clear weak spot. Like, why did the Kings not 
attack Chris Chioza, if that's how you say the last name. The guy is not even six feet out there. Like, there's just – I don't understand what the game plan is on either end of the floor. I have no um, idea. I'm lost, bro. Yeah. This – I don't even – I didn't even look at the full injury report. I don't know – I know Joe Harris played, but this is a, a – a, a broken team. I mean, yeah. I know they beat the Bucks or whatever, but and things have been weird in the bubble. But like, nobody is on this team. Um, the Brooklyn Nets, like, <laughs> this is a straight up G League <sighs> team. I'm not trying to be, yeah. Like, and the G League's fun. Hey, look, they play better G League. <laughs> they play better defense in the G League than they do on the Kings a lot of the time. But um, yeah, let me see. So. Who was all out of this game? I'm sorry, I'm scrolling. Here we go. Uh, yeah, obviously Durant, Kyrie Irving, Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, Wilson Chandler, Nicholas Claxton, and it looks like uh, you no know, Jamal Crawford. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's like, a few guys. It's a few. Yeah, that's like the seven best players on that team. Yeah. Um, yeah, really no words for this one. And the fact that that squad goes out there and looks like they won it more than you at times, like – and, oh, my God, like, some of the lineups that are getting thrown out there are genuinely shocking to me. Like, I knew – or not I knew, but, like, you saw hints of, like, maybe Brewer playing a four or something like that, right? But you go into the fourth quarter, and, like, Sacramento's on a little bit of a decent run, and at one point Walton throws out Fox, Buddy, Bogey, Brewer, and Barnes, and they just get destroyed defensively. The lineup's out there for, like, two minutes before he calls a timeout, and – he just it rolls out the same lineup, and they just cannot defend any size. Like, Jared Allen is just in the paint, like, doing whatever he wants. Yesterday, um, Zion Williamson, when he's rolling to the basket, nobody can stop him. Like, I, Let's put Nemanja Bielitsa on Zion Williamson. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. What? Yeah, I'm going to start Corey Joseph because he's the best Luka Doncic defender, even though he's going to get backed down by Luka until he's in the paint every single time. Like I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, you you said it with effort. Like that's that really does seem to be a really really big deal. And I just um, got out of the post game Zoom with uh, Harrison Barnes, who said that exact thing. He said something to the effect of, "I I missed like a word, so I didn't want to tweet out the word for word quote." in case the word I missed was important or whatever. Not a fast typer. But he said something to the effect of it's it's not our scheme. It doesn't matter what our game plan is if we don't give effort and we are not giving effort. We're not putting in any effort. And it, it honestly didn't seem like that was, like, him firing anybody up or, like, him trying to gas things up. Like, I think he legitimately feels like, they could potentially like the, at least they like a plan has been communicated to them, and they understand what the plan is. But they're not. I mean, they're not trying. Like that. Like that's really what. I'm not trying to put too many words in to a, a player's mouth, but it, it really that was loud and clear what he said. In my in my interpretation was, we are not trying hard enough, and that is like a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I mean. You don't even know, like, who to point that towards. I mean, obviously, it it goes to a bunch of different people. The players should be giving their all out there. But at some point, I mean, I know I would think that 
it's the same for you, but going into this game, I mean, I already kind of felt like the season was over. And I'm sure as much as the guys are going to go out there and compete, like a little bit of that is there. And it doesn't seem from the outside looking in, they have a guy that's going to uh, hype them up very much and get them ready for big games with uh, statements along the lines of, we're just happy to be here. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that, there were effort concerns, but it wouldn't surprise me if, I mean, a lot of that is just because they weren't getting results from the scheme or they don't trust the supposed scheme that's in place. Um, so, yeah, I see where it's from. And it's nice to see Barnes, like, taking taking a leadership role a bit there. Um, and I think the keys, the key guys, that effort wasn't the main thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating nonetheless. Yeah, and I was really encouraged by Barnes saying I asked him after he said that, you know, who's who's to blame essentially. Again, paraphrasing myself, but you know, is that on each individual player? Is that on the team as a whole? Is it on the coaching staff for not um, getting that effort out of you? And he's, you know, he said it's on me. He said it's on. I, I'm supposed to be a leader of this team, veteran, and I'll take responsibility for that. Which I thought. I mean, if I'm looking for a silver lining, I I, I really do appreciate that type of uh, ownership. Yeah, um, that's definitely nice to see. I mean, happy to have Barnes on the team in the future. But yeah, I mean, team's just just frustrating right now. Like, sure, you're getting decent individual nights. Like, you know, Fox, Bogey, and Giles have all had career highs um, throughout these four games, but. The fact that, you know, two guys can't seem to really get it together on the same night or, or the team as a whole, like more than just a couple guys, um, don't seem to all be on. And it's just, I, I mean, it's just extremely frustrating basketball to watch. And at this point, like Sacramento's pretty, there's a super slim chance that they can make it to that ninth spot, but it's it's not going to happen. Um, it, yeah, we can detail it exactly. I, I've been... Yeah, if you have that, lay it out. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing the calculus on this. So, um, first of all, it, I mean, it, it's it's actually really simple if you think about it. It's the next time Portland wins, the Kings are eliminated. So that could be as early as tomorrow, which is Saturday by the time we're recording mm-hmm. this. So Saturday, the you know the next time the Trailblazers win, it's over. Um, the Kings can't catch Memphis. They can still leapfrog everybody else, but Portland, it's down to, you know, literally Portland has to lose out and the Kings have to win out. And and so, yeah, I mean, I can give a a more detailed explanation of that in just one second. But just to – the headline, I think, is that Portland is going to win a game. Um, They've got four games left. Like, they've been looking really good. Like, they will win a game. And – when that happens, it's over. Yeah, they play the Clippers, the Sixers. Um, Sixers are extremely up and down. Dallas, and then their last game is against Brooklyn. And, you know, just that Brooklyn one alone, I bet that, you know, Lillard and McCollum need to win that one. They're going to go out there and get it because the team sucks, and good teams should beat Brooklyn. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on 
all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. The only possible way for them to get it would be to gain three games on Portland, which is only possible if, like I said, they lose out and the Kings win out. Um, and they'd have to gain two games on the Spurs in just three games left. And they'd have to game, gain a game on Phoenix as well, while also not losing – actually, while also gaining a game on on uh, the Pelicans. So – I mean, <laughs> like zero point zero 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 one percent chance, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, and and it's crazy because you know, really, you should have won this Brooklyn game. Like, you, it, it's a terrible game, but like, this is the team that you should be beating. And then, even if you win, like that Dallas and San Antonio game, both were winnable. Um, even though they played poor basketball, they were in winnable situations. And if you came away with two more of these, you'd be in a completely different circumstance. Um, but yeah, no, at this point I'm really rooting for Phoenix or San Antonio to make the playing seeds or to make the playoffs and that eight spots of Sacramento just gets a little bit of a better draft pick. Like, that's really all I feel like I have left to look forward to in this bubble for the Kings. Yeah, the Kings could get the number eleven draft pick. And yeah, that's the best case scenario here. So best case reasonable, realistic scenario. Um and yeah, um uh, and then you better hope that the front office that has guided the Kings to oh. um, 715 straight losses uh, since their last – not straight, uh, 715 losses since the last playoff appearance. And to be fair, uh, you know, this ownership group and this front office hasn't been in charge the whole time. But, yeah, I mean, at that point, even if you move up a spot, you're going to have to trust um, a management group that – has not been successful so far to make a good draft pick. So, um, yeah, best of luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, you know, we all have supreme confidence in uh, the front office to make the right pick there. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like, where is where is the silver lining? Like, is there any silver lining? Like, De'Aaron Fox is playing like a superstar, and that's, like, about it. Like, Buddy Heald doesn't play at all, by the way. It's horrific how this situation with Buddy Heald has gone. Like, he was the leading scorer and started every game last season. And now he's, like, can't – he's, like, barely in the rotation. And when and he's probably shooting, like, what, 20, 25% from the field? Yeah. It's really not good. He, he can't um, even get on the floor next to Fox. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, and and they were the the duo that led this team to you know 39 wins, really like by far their best season in a decade. And uh, yeah, I mean they they can't get on the floor together now. Yeah, uh, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, I, I mean just terrible that those guys 
have a decent uh, chemistry to them. And, you know, a high-paced offense works very well for the both of them, but not going to see them together or much of a high-paced offense apparently. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it is uh, worth noting, like, Rashawn Holmes didn't play the second half of the Nets game, and maybe that's part of the reason that the rim protection and defense sucked, but it, it wasn't there much before. I don't think they win that game if Holmes is there in the second half. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what else. Have you noticed, uh, I feel like the last couple of games, like Fox just occasionally grabs his ribs once he took that really hard fall. I think it was against San Antonio. Um, I haven't really noticed it, but yeah, that's more good news. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, overthinking it a little much, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else. What else we talk about here, man? Bazemore wasn't available. I guess there were some cool Daquan Jeffries minutes. Like you clipped a really good pick uh, possession where clearly effort's not the issue for that guy. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, he's really gifted. He's really a type of player that the Kings would should and would love to have. I um, I, I interviewed Jeffries one on one two days ago. Uh, it, which which was awesome. Um, my feature piece on him in the Sacramento Bee is out today. Um, check that out, please, uh, if you don't mind. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and yeah, no, like it. He, I, I talked to a lot of people that know Jeffries, and everyone really likes him. You know, really top down um, in the organization and around the organization. Everyone that I spoke to really likes him. And yeah, I mean. He's uh, a really interesting guy, a really quiet guy. Um, you can read about that in the article. He's, he's a super quiet guy. And like, even when I was, like, listening back to the interview, I had to, like, turn the volume all the way up. So, um, you know, maybe he needs to get a little more vocal. But obviously it, it's there for him. His shot wasn't falling tonight, but had only missed one shot up until now. I, I, he made his first seven shots in the bubble. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about him. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, they've come out the bubble with a piece that, uh, I mean, I'm really confident in uh, having Jeffries on the roster moving forward and happy to have that piece that I uh, – you definitely had your eye on him before I did, uh, even going into this bubble and throughout the season. Uh, but I was really glad, and I think the fan base really appreciated to see him uh, – getting some good run out there. And at this point, I mean, you might as well be giving Jeffries a bunch of minutes for the rest of these games that aren't going to matter much. Um, and, and, yeah, screw it. Let's get some Justin James, Kyle Guy at this point. Like, I mean. Right, you want to hear some some news on that? Yeah. Uh, I asked Luke Walton, you know, if we'd be seeing a lot of Jeffries going forward. And, you know, he, he said that uh, he's going to be sticking with his, his bets. So, mm. um mm. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe that changes when they are officially, you know, that was right after the game. Maybe that changes when they're officially eliminated. Um, but that's not really what this team has done, like, historically anyway. Uh, maybe Walton will be more of a of a uh, tanker or someone who's just willing to see what they've got when the games don't matter. But, um, you know, I also think that, in Sacramento, you really got to work hard to preserve your optics, which means you've got to win as many games as possible. And even if Jeffries would help you win, I think the traditional logic is to stick with your veterans if you need wins. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, 
don't really know what else there is to say about this one. They're totally going to come out and beat the Rockets just because the Kings and nothing makes sense. And it's not going to matter. I mean, it definitely doesn't – it definitely won't matter. I'm not as convinced that they'll beat the Rockets. I I feel like – I feel like they're done at this point. Like, you know, maybe they do win one more game, but, like, this is bad. Um the they have played four teams that are not very good teams. I, I I think Orlando played a really good game, but they're a sub five hundred team. Um, I think the Spurs played a pretty good game, but they're you know they were a worse they had a worse record than the Kings. And I think Dallas uh, is obviously a better team, but played you know Luka Doncic said this I think this is the worst we've ever played. And they won the game. Um, and then the Pelicans, like, again, worst record, play badly. So if you want to take that win to mean a whole lot, you can. But, you know, it doesn't mean much to me. And then this was a G League team in the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I definitely don't have confidence in them taking it. It's just nothing seems to make sense with this team. Um, yeah, I mean – I really don't know what else to say. Like, extremely frustrating um, to be turning on these games and just, yeah, I I, I don't want to. I mean, we've bashed on the coaching enough, but it's just so damn frustrating to me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't even know if it's bashing. I just think that there are problems that are evident. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that uh, – you know, he'll either change them or he won't, and um, I don't know. It, it'll go however it goes. I certainly don't think that Luke Walton will be departing anytime soon. I really don't think that Vlade Divac will be departing anytime soon, and I'm not really saying they should be. I think that with the current situation with the, the coronavirus, I don't think it's reasonable. I don't think it's plausible. Uh, this team is not does not have the money to pay – whatever, three coaches at the same time, two of which are have been fired or, you know, two GMs at the same time. They don't, they don't have money to, like, these guys have four-year contracts. Like, they, yeah. as much as any fan would want them to, to be gone potentially, um, and some don't, some really like them, but um, as much as upset as the fan base can get, it seems pretty bonkers to, like, throw $30 million down the drain, um at this point. So I don't know. And I, I really don't know. Um, I'm not calling for their jobs or anything. I just, I think they really need to get better and prove people wrong as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, I don't see it happening, but I'll say, I mean, I think that, hmm, I, I don't know. There's other guys I'd rather have in those positions. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I'll just kind of leave it at that, and I don't know, man. I think this could just be a short one. I don't know what else to really uh, get into here, do you? Not really, man. Um, yeah, looking forward to draft talk. Yeah. Get into this draft. Okay. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I really like doing the mock draft, and I'm going to dive into draft stuff, and that, that's great. Um, yeah, man, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm. I think the team is embarrassed. That's my speculation. That's my guess. 
and um, I can say truthfully I'm pretty embarrassed for them. I hope it gets better. Um, I'm encouraged by Fox. Um, I'm hopeful that Bagley will be healthy next season, and um, I'm encouraged by the little things like Daquan Jeffries and Harry Giles, and I hope that the team can hang on to Harry Giles. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, guys at the Kings Herald are going to keep pumping out great work there. Uh, check out some of the Kings merchandise that they just put out. It's very fitting for what's going on right now. Patreon subscribers get a little discount there and uh, support some local Sacramento Kings coverage. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. Hear from us again in the next couple of days.